Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Hello, and welcome back to Electric Ideas with Whitney Baker. Today, I'm so excited because we have Catherine Cornwall on the show. Catherine is known as the Clarity Queen. She works with women, especially female executives, who want it all in life across the realms of relationship, career, wealth, and health. Hey, Catherine, how's it going? I'm very well. Thanks, Whitney. I am doing very well. Surviving the cold in London right now. (laughs) Oh, boy. I hear you. There's a little bit of a a snowy frost in Chicago as well. So I feel that. I'm so excited to have you as a guest because I just feel like you're oozing with wisdom. But first, I'm just so intrigued by your title. I'm like, who doesn't want the title? The Clarity Queen. And so let's just start there. Like, tell me about that title. And who is the Clarity Queen? What does that mean? So when I was on my journey to birthing my coaching business, right, because I knew I'd already done a lot of work on tapping into my purpose and tapping into my passion and really thinking about what value do I want to add in the world, you know, and who do I want to serve and all of that good stuff, right? And I was in a corporate job. I have a 19-year corporate career behind me. And I was in a headhunting role, actually. I work in finance, worked in finance for a long time. And I was out meeting clients and I was sat waiting at a cafe one day. And um, I was thinking, you know, what do I want to, what do I want to call my business? You know, and, you know, I know for me, coaching is all about clarity. You know, when I, when I, the reason why I'm doing this is because I think so many of us struggle with clarity struggle with clarity on how to move forward, struggle with clarity on what's holding us back from greatness and everything that we desire. And everything for me starts with clarity. So I was like, do I call it clarity coaching? Do I, (laughs) what do I call it? And there was plenty of other businesses out there called clarity coaching. And I knew deeply that I wanted to be of service to women. And I wanted to be a beacon of light for women in order to empower them, help them, support them, inspire them to step into their own leadership, you know, the leadership of the South. And anyway, I was sat at this cafe and they put a little kind of milk bottle on the table and it had a queen of hearts playing card inside of it. And I kind of looked at it and went, oh, queen of hearts. And I was like, "Mm, queen, queen. Yeah. You know what? I love, I love, you know, I I just love the kind of concept of being the queen of your realm. You know, I, I do love all of that. And of course I'm in London, you know, and we have the queen here and the crown jewels and everything. So anyway, I carry on walking back to my office and within a very quick concession, I happened to then come across, I think it was three or four references to a queen. (laughs) There was a play on a poster that had, you know, an actress on it and she had a big crown and, you know, and then I walked past another poster that was advertising a visit to the crown jewels in London. And I just thought, "Mm, okay, signs from the universe. I'm going to take it and I'm going to create a a brand called Clarity Queen. And it just felt good to me. It felt good to me. It felt aligned. And for me, everything starts with clarity. 
Clarity, clarity, clarity. You know, I coach, I have coaching sessions in order to gift people with clarity. So it just made a whole heap of sense and it has a good ring to it. And my brand really is all about female empowerment. So it was aligned. So that's how. I love that story. I love how the universe was kind of hitting you over the head with being the queen. That's really neat. And I really like how you said, you know, your whole empowerment message for women is so aligned with what I believe in as well. And I love how you put being the queen of your own realm. And one thing I hear a lot from women who follow me is that they feel like they don't know how to get out of their own way. And I know that you've seen this a lot. And so I, I also feel like you are really good at being like calling that out, like get out of your own way. So Tell me a little bit about how women that work with you tend to get in their own way and maybe some ideas how they can start tiptoeing out of their own way. Absolutely. Look, I think there are two ways in which we stand in our own way. The first is that aside from obviously going through the process of understanding what it is that we want to do and then writing it all down and cultivating a vision, you know, and going through the whole process of bringing that to fruition. That, that's a kind of, I guess, a side note where we actually really stand in our own way is that we are very good at being in our own heads as women. Mm-hmm. We are way smarter than the men, <laughs> is my <laughs> honest opinion. <laughs> honest to God opinion. In that we can, and it's proven but men are very compartmentalized, okay? They're very much, you know, single-minded in terms of what they're doing, even in task completion on any at any given time. Whereas women are fantastic in that we can do a multitude of things all at the same time. And we are better at multitasking, but we're also better at holding numerous ideas and problems and situations and things that are going wrong and things that we want to do all at the same time. So we hold so much in our minds and we're quite often the, I would say, the our own worst enemy when it comes to getting in our own way through just being very associated with the mind, very identified with the mind. And the second way that we stand in our own way is that we actually give our power away. I think that women are, and I believe as a woman, and I've done this myself numerous times, is that we are absolute experts at self-sabotage and at self-sacrifice. And it is not women's fault that we are doing that necessarily because it's almost like we do it on autopilot. It's like society says, women, (laughs) you know what? It's the societal norm for women to self-sacrifice. It's the societal norm for women to put everybody and everything else ahead of them and themselves and their own desires, their own dreams, their own aspirations, their own everything. You know, we put our needs, the needs of our children ahead of our own. We put the needs of our family ahead of our own. We put the needs of our spouses ahead of our own. We do that even in the Western world. I'm not even getting into what it's like for a woman in India or a woman, you know, in Africa. You know, it's it's we we absolutely give our power away. But to a degree, our power has also been taken away from us for thousands of years through a patriarchal society and structure. But I think we are now in a paradigm and we're now in a place in society where we can start to claim that power back. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that there's anything standing in the way of once we've identified this about ourselves that we can reclaim our power back. 
we can become empowered. We can step into that and achieve and be and do and have anything that our heart desires. I love that. And I want to talk about that a little bit more because I I mean, self-sacrifice is one word for it, but another thing that ties into it that I get a lot of is this, I'm busy as a badge of honor. Like in, in society, if you're not busy and on the edge of burnout, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a part-time mom, working mom, not a mom, it's just this, this society that really has this overemphasis on busyness. Like you're lazy if you're not on the edge of burnout. Is that something you see in a dress? Yeah, 100%. I would say it was more, I mean, yes, I see it in my clients, of course, now working with women, but I used to see it over and over again. And I would have to be honest and say that I was part of this for a very large part of my career. So my background is asset management. So I worked in the investment field for a very long time. And my last corporate gig was at Citigroup, which is a very large investment bank. And the cultures at a lot of these institutions are very much that the harder you work, the more hours you put in, the more face time you have in the office, you know, Um, the more sacrificing, you know, I'm working until 12 o'clock at night, you know, I'm working until 3am, I'm back in the office at 7am, I'm burning out and I'm so tired, but it's a badge of honour. It's a badge of honor. You know what? And I'm th- I think I'm going to get the next promotion as a result of doing this. And what a lot of these young people buy into in their 20s then pay for it with their health, mm-hmm. physical health and mental health problems in their 30s and 40s. Not to mention the amount of, I mean, what else have you sacrificed, you know, from working 17, 18 hour days, time with family, living your life, seeing the world, whatever it is, you know, I don't think any amount of money is worth. I mean, what's the point in earning a lot of money and getting that promotion if you're not living your life? But I definitely saw it more in women than I did in men. 100% more in women than in men. And again, I think it goes back to the, the, the society that we have and the structures that are in place. It seemed that men could get promoted for doing the bare minimum Whereas women would have to work twice as hard and put those hours in and burn out with that badge of honor to get just, you know, an interview, just to get a seat at the table. You know, we've got to do so much more work than our male counterparts in exactly the same job in order to get the same level of recognition. And that is being addressed, I guess, at some level. But it's cultural. It's cultural and it goes back a very, very, very long time. So it's going to take time for that culture change to actually, and it's it's generational. So it's going to take generations for that to kind of ease out of the system, I would say. But women, we perpetuate it because we're, we're participating in this. You know, we are the ones that are wearing struggle, sacrifice and burnout like a badge of honor. But I think more and more people are waking up to the fact that it's not, it's not trendy. It might be trendy, but it isn't fun, you know, and we, we definitely now, I would say are more empowered than ever to take some of that back, particularly with the pandemic, particularly with homeworking, particularly now that all institutions globally have been forced <laughs> to admit that people can still do the same job in the same capacity with, you know, infinitely more flexibility. 
That's that feels hopeful. I I want to lean into that a little bit though, because I wonder if you've encountered some fear, like women that know that they're kind of stuck in this hamster wheel of trying to do it all, but they don't feel good. They're not taking care of themselves. They know it's not sustainable, but they don't see a path out. But there might be a sense of fear or even guilt. I know some women who, you know, they went to university, maybe they have a graduate degree, they've they've put in those early hours. And now they know it's not working. But they think that the women before them worked so hard to so they could even have these opportunities. I see a lot of women who have a lot of guilt and shame, and also a lot of trouble with an identity shift of leaving behind something they've worked so hard to to create. Yeah. What do you have to say to that type of woman or a woman who might be in that position? Yeah, I think, look, what we have to really start to understand and realize, and I would say this is the first step in any change, is the understanding that we are infinitely powerful beings <laughs> who manifest, create their own reality every single day without fail. We are manifesting our reality whether we mean to or not. So we can either manifest a reality where we don't have so much struggle, sacrifice, burnout, pain, guilt, shame, all of the stuff that we've kind of perpetuated and bought into or have gotten to the habit of feeling, right? Because these are just emotions, right? And emotions are energy in motion. And it is a component part in how we manifest our reality. So understanding that we're that powerful, and it, it kind of puts us back into the seat of responsibility, because quite often we can say, well, this life is happening to me. I have no choice in this matter. And that is really the position of the victim, the position of the princess, the position of I don't have any control over this and therefore I'm just going to continue on the hamster wheel because I feel obliged to do it. But that's a lie that we tell ourselves. It's a lie that we tell ourselves because we're fearful of actually making a change and, and going into the unknown. I mean, I, I would call bullshit on anyone saying I have no choice. <laughs> I'm sorry, you do. You always have a choice. It, it's all about taking radical responsibility. So when I can get somebody that I'm working with to shift out of the victim mentality of life is happening to me and into the place of true empowerment, which is life is happening for me. And I'm creating my own reality every single day. Therefore, I can start creating it intentionally instead of on autopilot. Because what happens is when we're creating our reality on autopilot, we're simply creating more of the same through the same identity, through the same beliefs, through the same emotions. And we are on this perpetuation, this wheel, right? This hamster wheel. But when we take back our power and say, no, I'm going to start to intentionally create my own reality. And how I'm going to do that is I'm going to think about, develop, create the vision for the life that I am dreaming of. Okay. That doesn't include pain. It doesn't include sacrifice. It doesn't include burnout. It doesn't include me working all the hours under the sun. I don't have a soul sucky job. I have my own business. You know, my kids are happy. I'm spending time with them. Maybe I have a different relationship, you know, or maybe my husband and I's relationship improves exponentially. Whatever your vision is for your future, your dream life. That is the first step is having a vision, having a vision. And then the second step is really about, okay, well, what's standing in your way of having that realized in your reality? 
And we get stuck on this because we always go into the cerebral kind of, well, what needs to change? You know, what do I need to do differently? What, what outcomes do I have to force in order to create that? And that's when we go, oh, it's too hard. It's too difficult. I can't see a path forward. It's not going to happen. But actually, how we shift and change is by changing our identity. And how we do that is by understanding, well, what's our identity now? Who am I? What are my predominant thoughts, feelings, beliefs, emotions? What is it that I believe about myself? What do I believe gets to be possible for me? What do I believe about my situation? What do I believe? You know, all of this sort of stuff. And the tools of manifestation are free. They're available to everybody. We use them either to continually perpetuate the situation that we're in now, different faces, different places, but the same old boring outcomes, or we can use it to create our dream life. And something you mentioned about identity, we absolutely change at the level of our identity. But our identity is something that we wear, like a piece of clothing. We choose every day to put an identity back on. We can choose to take the identity off. And we develop that through creating habits of showing up differently and more in alignment with the woman you are becoming. But it all starts with taking radical responsibility for where you are right now. And the fact that you got yourself to where you are right now, you can get yourself out of it into something else. Absolutely. I mean, you're speaking my language. One of my all-time favorite mantras is change it or choose it. And so I'm always on a reflective journey of what I'm inviting into my life and how I can live more intentionally. But for a lot of women, I feel like they have this feeling that, okay, this is not working. And what you're saying, like visioning this brand new life sounds amazing. But what if what advice would you give women? I, I think it's easier for women to make the plunge when there's something sure on the other side. And what I've found with like a lot of my friends and women I work with is there's the only thing on the other side is uncertainty. And yep. that's another thing where I think women can get in their head and not want to change because there's nothing solid to leap onto. So can you give us some examples of how women can start maybe at least feeling like they're putting a toe into opening up and feeling more expansive or just an openness towards this change before making a big leap? Yeah. Of course, there are practical things that you can do. For example, if you're in a job that you don't like, you know, of course, you can start to upskill, right, where you are currently in order to move into a different job. If you're thinking about changing your career and moving into setting up your own business, right, which a lot of women are now doing, I highly recommend doing that when you're already in business, you know, and you're you're able to do it as a side hustle or something like that. A lot of women will say, I don't have the time to do that. And here's the thing. If you're spending time watching telly, Netflix, doing anything other than the bit, you know, minimum of getting through your day and then spending your spare time working on your business, you have to ask yourself, how important is this for me? If something, here's the thing, if something is radically linked to your purpose, your passion, and your reason for living, (laughs) then you'll do whatever it takes to get there. You will move mountains. I would argue that if somebody isn't doing, making the moves, maybe making some changes, whatever it is to get from A to B, I would question how committed they are or how good they feel about it or whether they've really, 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 really tapped into their why for wanting it. When you have a really strong why, it just takes over you. You can't stop thinking about it every single day, you know, and you you will 
make those little kind of changes every single day to get from A to B. Okay, so there's practical things that you can do. But the major number one thing for me is about changing our relationship to fear. It's more psychological, but we have this kind of relationship with fear, that fear is this terrible thing that we absolutely have to avoid at all costs. (laughs) It's painful, it's messy, it's scary, but we don't want to do it. And you know what? We don't want to feel it. And therefore it stops us from moving forward. You know, we have procrastination and then we have perfectionism. You know, I'll do it when it's perfect. or I'll do it when, you know, the time is right. The time is never right. It's like having a child, you know, the time is never right. And it never goes the way you think it's going to go. Not that I know, but I know plenty of mothers, you know, and plenty of women that, you know, are in my circle that have children. You absolutely have to change your relationship to fear and learn to dance with fear. It is becoming just so kind of, it's like you need to almost become best friends with fear, right? Fear is your ally. Fear is your buddy. Fear is something that, you know what, you're going to dance with it. You're going to feel the fear and do it anyway. We have to, it's a a mindset shift. We have to feel the fear and do it anyway. It's also changing our perception of failure. So fear is just fear of failure, right? Most times fear of rejection, fear of failure are the two number one reasons why we stop, why we stop ourselves from doing what we really want to do and why we procrastinate. And here's the thing about failure. It's, It's an illusion. There is no such thing as failure. There's only lessons and experiences. And that's it. No one's asking anybody to jump off a cliff without a parachute. (laughs) It's just an emotion. It's just a mindset shift. So I would urge anyone to just go inward. And again, this goes back to how we stand in our own way. It's the original question. We are so in our heads. That's where fear resides. It's in our heads. Whereas when we get into our bodies, into our hearts, into our guts, and we start to act more on intuition, instead of off cerebral kind of mind, mostly (laughs) ego-led stuff, we can start to make better decisions, but we can also start to trust in ourselves, in our own abilities, in our worthiness, in our deservingness, that we are enough, that our desires are not wrong. You know, all of that comes from the heart and the gut. It doesn't really come from the head. So it is about getting out of our heads. It is about getting back into our bodies. It is re-establishing our relationship with fear and failure and understanding that there is no such thing and fear and failure are just illusions. Absolutely. And from my own experience, I feel like I tried to have the mindset shift of if you don't try it, you don't get feedback and you don't know how it's going to feel in your body. So I love everything you had to say about just kind of cradling that fear and inviting it in and not having it necessarily be negative. Sometimes for me, it's meant I'm on the edge of something I care about. Yes. 100%. It's a very, very good relationship. It's a a very good attitude to have around fear. It is. It it means you're on the cusp of something great sometimes. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. I, I would definitely say that, um, when we're in our minds, we're potentially in our ego. Fear is is just our ego need to keep us safe. The ego doesn't like the unknown and therefore it triggers that fear emotion inside of us. When we understand where fear comes from, so understanding is power and understanding is the most liberating, freeing power that we can have. So when we understand where our fear comes from, that is when we change the relationship to fear. 
Amazing. All right. I love this. This is going to give listeners so many things to think on. I absolutely love everything you've had to say. As we wrap up, I always try to leave listeners with a question they can reflect on or journal about if they're so inclined or even talk to a friend about. I feel like part of my mission with empowering women is empowering women to have meaningful conversations with each other, with their circles that really like helps prop each other up and know their kind of deeper hearts, longings and interests. So what what's something it can be related to what we've discussed or something just that's on, on your heart right now? What's can you think of one thing women should be asking themselves more? Yeah. What feels good? What is it that feels good to me? And then start cultivating a life where you're doing more of the stuff that feels good. Because a lot of our negative emotion, feelings of negativity, negative energy, frustration, (laughs) shame, guilt, all of that stuff comes from when we're not doing things that are in alignment with who we truly are. And one, the clearest way of understanding how to be in alignment is to tap into how it feels in each and every moment, is what I'm doing feeling good or is what I'm doing feeling yucky? And quite literally tap into your emotional guidance system as a way to know whether you're on the path or off the path of what your true self actually wants to do. And, you know, does it light you up? Doesn't it light you up? Do more of what lights you up. Do less of what doesn't light you up. Outsource it. Stop doing it. Change up your job. Whatever it is. Just make the change so that you're doing more of what you feels good and lights you up. And, and that's, you know, the number one kind of path to living a more fulfilled life and existence. And I know it's not always possible in every quadrant immediately, but I absolutely believe and know and understand and have practiced and achieved this myself. You can have ultimate fulfillment in all four corners of your life. It is possible. You just have to believe it, intend it, and then do everything through that lens and focus and create that life for yourself. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's what a wonderful place to close on. I feel inspired. I'm going to be stepping into my day with that on on my heart. Thank you so much, Catherine. I know listeners are going to be excited to learn more and follow you. So where can we support you and soak in more of your wisdom? Tell us, tell us where to look. So I'm on most of the platforms. Uh, my website is clarityqueen.life. My Instagram handle is the Clarity Queen. <laughs> Somebody else took Clarity Queen. So I called it the Clarity Queen. I'm on Facebook under Catherine Cornwall, or if you look at Clarity Queen, um, I have a Facebook community and um, the CQ Clarity Queen community. And I actually have a free challenge. It's starting on the 15th of Jan, the 17th of Jan, but I'm running it every quarter. So within my Facebook community, I'm always running free challenges and free masterclasses that people can soak up. So I urge anyone to kind of join us in there if they want. Wonderful. We'll make sure to, (laughs) we'll make sure to drop that in the show notes too. So people can be sure to find that and find you. Thank you so much for the wonderful conversation and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been wonderful to meet you. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at WhitneyWoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.